I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. We discuss our own paranormal experiences and celebrate this terrifying city that's built upon its dead. Presented by the team that brought you America's number one immersive horror experience, the Savannah Underground. Prepare to cross the veil into the most haunted city on earth. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And today... Oh, and I'm JT Simmons. Yeah, JT so is, JT is so present. focused on tech. Tech, tech. <laughs> I have to run the show, so it's like... He's yeah. like, what? What? He's like... All the toys. All the toys. I do. I love I love technology toys. Oh, we know you love technology. I do. Nobody yeah. has ever said that it. you didn't. <laughs> this is fact. Mm-hmm. Well, All right. Anywho, welcome back. We are going to do a ghost mail episode, but for um, the beginning, though, we do have some announcements. Whoop, whoop. Do, 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 do. Yes, happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Saturday. The best day of the week for most. It's still work day for us. I don't know. But, I really you know. like Mondays because Ew. that's not my, you know, Sundays and Mondays are like my kind of day off, but it's not because I go to work, but whatever. That's I ugly. work seven days. I work seven days a week, but a man who loves his job never works a day in his life. So yeah. I don't actually go to work at all. He just plays. Yeah, with that was really confusing. That was quite the roller coaster ride. It yeah. was. <laughs> it was. But the point is, he gets to play with his technology toys, and yeah. that's why he likes it. But anyway, when you are listening to this, the woman with mismatched fingers is out right now. Right now, you can rush, watch it. rush right now. Stop listening to the podcast. Go to YouTube. Yes. Watch it five times back to back. Yes. And subscribe. Yes, because if, yeah. if we can get a bunch of views on it in the first week, then. YouTube will love us. Yeah. Yes, and push and it. Really, that's all we want. We is will be blessed. YouTube love. Exactly. We'll be blessed by the YouTube gods mm. if we if we get enough people listening or watching to it. For sure. Um, For sure. It's creepy. It's a super creepy. It's super it's creepy. creepy. The team did amazing. And it is based on a true story. Yep. Yep. Based yep. on a true story. Based. Based. Loosely based. Roughly based. Because we don't want you to think that, you know, um, we're out there killing people. Yeah. yeah, it's true. But it did come from a para junkie, Mindy McPherson, yes. um, who you'll see an episode from, um, which if you haven't already watched that episode, go ahead and watch it because mm-hmm. she talks about her nightmare disorder and all that jazz. So um, that is who it's based off of. And it's a very fun film. Yes. Um, very creepy. And then also... Um, Ghost mail. If you have been trying to send in ghost mail and it has been bouncing back, Wix, I'm not going to say sucks because I don't want Wix to come down and smite us. No, no, Wix doesn't suck. Wix doesn't suck. They did not. So uh, just long story short, basically, we had um, uh, someone try to steal money off of our business card. Like, you know, like just it happens to everybody. And so our our, our card, they caught it and uh, Truist caught it and our card had to be changed. And then Wix didn't let us know that they were charging the old card. 
And so they shut down ghost mail for like a week oh. and we mm-hmm. didn't know. And I had to, I had, and, um, a pair junkie hits me up and goes, Hey, I tried to send in ghost mail and it bounced back. And so I go and check it and boom goes dynamite. So yeah, yes. Now you can send in your ghost mail. If it bounced back, we apologize. Uh, it was, you know, it was that. Yes. So, uh, go ahead and try to resend it. Cause I got like, once we fixed it, I got like a flood of new ghost mails. So clearly people, <laughs> yes. um, we're trying to send it. So if that was one of you, um, then please send in your ghost mail. Yes, um, we love it. Yes. We, we, we eat it. We, we eat the ghost yeah, mail. We we, we have, we that's how we turn them we, into short. If you stop just... sending in the ghost mail, we starve. JT's in a mood today. Yeah, that's, 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 that's. Well, I eat it, so I'll starve. There's, there's plenty of other content out there that we could, we could chew on. But we like the ghost mail. It's, it's we enjoy true. the ghost mail. Mm-hmm. Um, but anywho, um, other than that, though, we uh, are still happily accepting para-junkies, always are. Yes. Um, and so if you want to become a para-junkie over on Patreon, please consider joining us. Uh, you get various uh, private live streams, private episodes that are only mm-hmm. going to ever be on Patreon. Um, you also get to interact with us very often. Yep. And you also get to be a part of a really fun community because they are really awesome people and they're very active with each other. So yeah, it's, they, it's really, awesome. they really are. It is such a fun like community and family, to be honest, like seriously. Uh, uh, and you get the radio play episode one. That is true. Um, that is going to drop publicly uh here soon but then episode two will be up so you know and then you'll be able to listen to both if you become a pair junkie mm-hmm. yeah they get access to everything so before anybody saw the official cut of the film they got it yeah um they've seen yeah. it for like a week and a half now yep at this so point. if you want to see the content way before it ever becomes public definitely consider becoming a pair junkie yeah. we have multiple tiers you know, uh, $5 tier, $10 tier, $20 tier. If you want to be an ultra pair junkie and get shirts and stuff. Yeah. It's a fun time. It is. It's a very fun time. Um, but that is our last announcement. Besides, we want to thank our sponsor for today's episode. Yes. Um, yes, we want to thank Cosmic Corner for sponsoring us. Uh, they are a local metaphysical shop here in Savannah, and they are just amazing. Um, it is a LGBTQ-owned business. Um, they are super, super welcoming to anybody because it's an interface space. Um So if you have any needs for your witchcraft or your uh, various religious practices, you want books on ghost hunting, you want literally anything, they have it. Um, And they also have an online shop. So if you don't live in Savannah, you can still support them. Uh, They are my personal favorite um, metaphysical shop here in Savannah. So Me too. I I, I don't really go to metaphysical shops, but I've been to a few because I'm married to that woman right there. And I will tell you right now, that's the best one I've been to. Like hands down, not just because they're a sponsor. Yes, they're really, really lovely people and definitely consider supporting them if you are looking for a metaphysical shop. For sure. Um, But that is all that we have to say for that. So now we can get into the ghost mail. Ghost mail. Ghost mail. You got to do your ghost. You got ghost mail. You've got ghost mail. There you go. Yeah. All right. Let us go ahead. And start with a ghost mail from Kareen Denny, a para-junkie who's been around for a while. Kareen um, has been one of the most loyal para-junkie, loyal, sorry, I'm country, loyal para-junkies, like, ever. 
Like she has just she has stuck with us through and through. And we appreciate you, Kareen. Seriously, you're the bomb. It's very Shout true. Shout out to Kareen. It's very true. Um, so Kareen actually titled this um, question for Q&A or ghost mail, your pick. I'm picking it for ghost mail. Um, but it's an interesting <laughs> one because it's got a story attached to the question, which is why I put it in ghost mail. But hi, y'all. I know this question has been asked many times over already and has been talked about to great length, but I'm too honestly too lazy to go back and listen through previous <laughs> episodes for the answer. I get it. It's a lot of episodes. It is. It's Especially a lot. if you're a para junkie, because then you get a ton of episodes. It's, it's true. More than usual. So how do I get rid of a ghost? <laughs> yes, I uh, okay. understood. Because I think I officially have one in my apartment and it has not been listening to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have multiple questions. The first one being, can ghosts come and go? Or do they stick around and can only do things when they've accumulated enough energy to make themselves known? Um, and Chris, I don't know if you want to answer that first or do you want to hear the backstory first? Uh, yeah, we can address that. I mean, the the real trouble when, when, when classifying and distinguishing what a ghost can and cannot do is there's too wide a variety of reasons and variables there are too many things. Uh, there is no rule book for ghosts. Ghosts uh, exist in a way like uh, like animals in a jungle. You know, uh, uh, some of them will be up in the top of the trees. Some of them will be on the ground. Some of them can fly. Some of them can slither. You know, th they all have variables that allow them to do what they do. There are certain things that we've grown accustomed to in ghostly behavior. There is a belief that certain ghosts are attached to places due to some personal attachment. And those ghosts tend not to be able to go, come and go. They are trapped. They are stuck there. And it is their anchor to this world that makes them so prevalent in that place. And they do charge up. You know, uh, they are trying to garner energy. And one of the reasons why ghost experiences usually happen late at night is because during the waking hours of the day, people's energy, the energy we take, because we consume psychic energy just like ghosts do. While we're moving around, we're, we're just down at the watering hole getting all of our energy just like anybody else. But when we go to sleep, when we're sleeping, when everybody's asleep, the watering hole is free and oh. the ghosts can start absorbing energy. They can start taking in energy. So like in the middle of the night, they're getting more and more powerful because they're not competing for the energy, the psychic energy that we utilize all day long. And that's when they're the strongest. That's when they are very strong, which is oftentimes why we say, if you experience a ghost during the day, that's a pretty powerful ghost because it is vying for the same energy that living people are using and it's able to extend you know any influence on the environment so now you're dealing with the idea that there's a ghost that has an independent power source that is now being powered by something else fueled by more energy that you know allows it to show up during the day or do all these things during the day so there is a lot of like check marks to what a ghost can and cannot do you know the 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 big concept is like you know is a ghost moving things ghost moves things the tremendous amount of energy to move something you got to realize ghosts don't have muscles they don't have uh bones they can't they have no physical form so if they're moving something they're using psychic energy if you want to know how hard that is try to move something with your mind 
just look at something and try to move it without touching it. Somewhere a ghost is utilizing energy that we have no access to. So unfortunately, the answer to the question is, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of different uh, things to take into consideration. And, and so oftentimes that's why stories help. Mm -hmm. Stories help because they kind of start to classify ghosts. They start to, you know, it's like, oh, well, that sounds like a poltergeist. Oh, well, that sounds like, you know, a a, a lost spirit versus a, you know, wrathful, vengeful spirit. Mm -hmm. Or this sounds like, you know, uh, a person who may have been, you know, brutally murdered uh, because the abrupt ending of life causes a different kind of, of haunting phenomenon than, you know, someone who passes peacefully. So you have all of these things when you start to listen to these stories. It's like, oh, wow, that sounds like, you know, maybe it was a suicide. Or, oh, that sounds like, you know, maybe you're dealing with a non-human entity. Um, and that's another thing. Non-human entities are rife uh, to the point at which you, some hauntings may not be a spirit at all. It could just be a, a, a variety of energies that are causing a phenomenon that is not necessarily a conscious thing. It's like um, like waves in the ocean. It's something moving and something undulating in the energy field, and we perceive it. But then we start to classify it, and then we start to give it like you know properties. And believe it or not, through doing that, that activity of of recognizing and coming up with a pattern for it, it starts to fill in that pattern, kind of like going down to the beach and digging a hole in the sand, and the water will go into it, and it'll take the shape that you're digging, and pretty soon you have a shape that is actually not the entity you think it is. It's just something that you dug for the energy to fill. So it becomes a, a huge, like, back and forth. <laughs> you start to have these conversations. But it's an excellent question that we could spend an entire episode just kind of mulling about. I was about yeah. to say, we should, um, we should do an episode on the witching hour because hmm. that's something we haven't done. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can absolutely talk about that. The um, Now, my take on it might change after I read the backstory oh, of sure. what, um, what you have experienced. But a lot of times I find people get what I like to call the bad roommate ghost, <laughs> uh, which is just an annoying ghost. It does annoying things to get your attention. And it doesn't necessarily listen. Um, because like Chris was saying, you know, if there is a certain attachment and it's an anchor point, you can't exactly tell it to leave. Um, we've talked about, you know, like talk to your ghosts, like tell them like, Hey, I'm here, I'm doing whatever, yada, yada, yada. But you, a lot of people have the misconception that you can banish any entity and that's just not the case because sometimes you just have to learn how to coexist with it just like you would a roommate and so yeah even in the cases of like exorcisms you know um many exorcisms they 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 tamper down or 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 pause something but in time the activity usually mm -hmm. kicks up again it starts up again um and and that's you know just kind of a testimony to the idea that our will and our faith can pressure and put pressure on spirits, but uh, it's it's a war. You know, it's, 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 it's true. It, uh, there's there's something that they are trying to achieve, and you you can show up and be like, you know, be gone or I'll destroy you. And the ghost is like, I don't want to be destroyed, and they'll 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 ease up. But that does not necessarily mean that they're gone. Mm -hmm. It means that that 
they worry that your ability to do them harm right. you know, is greater than their you know need to achieve whatever they're trying to achieve. Exactly. Um, so the backstory is um, I moved into this apartment back in February. I didn't notice anything at the time. I'm not sensitive by any means, I don't think. And this is actually the first apartment I didn't walk through and pray over when I first moved in. I've done it every other place I've lived. When we first moved in, I was unemployed for quite some time, but was working for free for my new my now boss to open her brand new bakery. Therefore, putting in a lot of hours and lots of labor and was therefore very tired when getting home for the evening. I have this routine when I come home of going into my bathroom, turning on the shower, going into my bedroom from my bathroom, turning on the overhead light, then my floor fan, then my bedside lamp, grabbing pajamas and whatnot, and then turning my overhead light off on the way back into the bathroom to shower. What started getting my attention is that every so often after my shower, I'd go back into my bedroom and the bedside lamp would be off. At first, I brushed it off completely and just thought I was overly tired and turning the lamp off on my way out as it was my usual routine, like I was on autopilot. I should mention here, I shut the door between the bedroom and bathroom to keep my roommate's dog throughout the day, um, out throughout the day to keep my darling but overly chatty and active cat out at night. Um, I do remember at one point being suspicious and deciding to acknowledge if there was a presence and set clear boundaries. I said, hey, I recognize your presence. It's fine as long as you stay out of my room, especially when I'm sleeping. Please and thanks. I have since calmed um, and slowed my crazy schedule, and I'm coming home clear-headed and present. And about a month or so ago, per my usual routine, I went back into my bedroom after my shower and noticed the bedside lamp was turned off. I then very clearly and kind of aggressively, because I hate repeating myself, <laughs> told the air, I don't know if anything was present at that moment, but I said to stay out of my room, and I meant it and threw it in and threw in in the name of the Lord because my faith is what seals me usually. Then last night, very early this morning, um, slash very early this morning happened. I woke up to use the restroom around 5 a.m. and was walking out past my floor fan and noticed that it was off. My first initial thought was that there was a brief power outage, not common in my area, but it was my only thought but then concluded that they couldn't have been um, because it was because I never heard my speaker disconnect. I listened to a fan and white noise through my speaker to sleep because I'm a very light sleeper and the light noise helps block out roommate slash neighbor noise. In the past, um, when I've lost power, if I'm asleep, I always wake up because I hear the speaker disconnect and it makes a specific sound. Being a light sleeper, I'd know if that happened or not. So then in that split second of thought, I reached for the dial to feel where the knob was turned to see if the fan had shorted or something and just died. It had not. The dial was turned to off. I am not and have not been a sleepwalker since I was a very young child, and that was maybe twice, but haven't had any episodes since. This subsequently freaked me out a bit, but also made me irate. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Because I'm clearly not being listened to and I hate that. But this also shows me that this entity or whatever it is, is getting gutsy in switching tactics. I swear to God, if this thing gets more gutsy and decides to poke me or worse show itself, I'm going to poop myself and die. (laughs) Poop myself and die. (laughs) So again, at five o'clock this morning or so, I angrily repeated myself for a third time and said aloud that if I said I was uh, that I said it wasn't allowed in my room, even through in a WTF. Then I was like, that's it. You're no longer welcome here. Get out. Get out of this room. Get out of this apartment. You are not welcome here. And then said some more in the name of the Lord's. While my faith is strong, I very much wish I had a weapon of sorts to threaten it with. As Chris has said, they don't know that you can't hurt them. And it would have made me feel a little bit better. Since then, I have walked through my apartment and prayed over the space. But how do I make sure it's gone? And then for my third question, was I unintentionally feeding said ghost by acknowledging it and setting boundaries? Should I just ignore it uh, when it happens? Starve it? Sage the place? Where does one even buy sage bundles? Do I have to believe in that for it to work? I need y'all's help. I'm not long. I'm no longer comfy with this situation. Love y'all. You're the best, Corrine. There is something strange about a spirit that turns things off. Uh, something like is flickering in the very back of my mind about turning things off. Um, And, you know, so this will be a little bit of a tangent, a weird little sidebar. So many people believe that spirits, uh, certain uh, entities can use electricity as a food source, as a power source. Um, that's why a lot of people think theaters are so haunted is because of all of those electric lights and the, the electricity that is generated and, and, and pulsing through the building are actually is what uh, spirits eat. You know, you always hear it in ghost hunting shows where, oh, I just charged this battery and now it's gone because the belief is that a uh, spirit can, uh, you know, uh, consume the electricity and thereby have energy to utilize. Um, when you have a spirit turning turning electric items off, uh, it sounds like you might be having something that is trying to protect you from something that's feeding off of your electricity. Um, And I only say that because I, I, 
years and years and years ago, I had a, a, a sort of a, a ghost hunt situation with somebody who, who was having an, a similar instance where certain appliances and things would just like turn off and sometimes they'd be unplugged. And there was this long kind of back and forth about, well, you know, do you feel any menace? You know, what are the sensations when, you know, when you're in your house or in this area? I mean, do you feel like there's something encroaching? Do you feel, because our uh, heebie-jeebie meter is pretty accurate. You know, when, when, you, when you go into a place and you're like, oh, this place is off. And even people who do not believe at all in ghosts can go into a place and be like, oh, God, this place just, yeah, yeah, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. My heebie-jeebie meter's going off. So if your heebie-jeebie meter is going off because of the sensation of the area, then there might be something threatening or something present or something there. But, you know, if your reaction is just to these physical things happening, the lights going off or those things going off, you know, ask yourself, do you feel threatened? You know, um, or do you just feel infringed upon? Do you think, oh, well, there's a spirit like in my environment? Uh, because, again, disrupting the flow of electricity is not beneficial necessarily, you know, in, in, in most experiences to a spirit. Turning things off is not as common as turning things on, mm -hmm. like having your TV come on or, have, or, 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 th or knowing you turned a light off and then coming in and it's on because. In those instances, you're often dealing with a spirit that's trying to feed itself. It's actually like right. creating an electric current that it can kind of, you know, absorb and strengthen. So I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of, of a spirit that is, is actively turning things off in your room because maybe there is something in your room <laughs> that's getting stronger with, and especially now that you say that you have something running all night long and you have mm -hmm. these things that are, you know, uh, causing this kind of, uh, electrical field. Um, but uh, that's not necessarily the answer to your question. The answer to your question is how do you protect your, <laughs> your home or how do you expel a spirit? Uh, sage, uh, is it, it, it isn't a faith thing, sage. Uh, sage is actually uh, a response that has been cataloged by many different cultures and many di different people kind of recognize what sage does. And I, I believe you could look up like the uh, the effects of smudging sage as a as a purifying uh, action. Mm -hmm. So it's not a question of it, it, it's not a faith based thing. It is a uh, a chemical reaction thing. So uh, you could absolutely use sage. There's uh, other things that you can do. Uh, you know, by um, many people use uh, sigils of their faith. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why in, in a lot of homes you'll see the cross or, or the crucifix on the wall or things like that because it, it drives away, uh, you know, um, uh, mezuzahs on the door, you know, anything that, that you feel uh, um, wards your, uh, your domicile with um, the properties of your faith oftentimes help. However, again, as we stated earlier, uh, some spirits... They, they are basically given a task, some, some ghostly task that they have to complete. And they are in a place until they complete that task. And it's an inscrutable task. We, we, we may not know the task. Uh, you know, uh, you'll hear in lots of movies and, and stories where they're like, you know, go to the light, go to mm -hmm. the light. 
the concept of the go to the light idea is the light doesn't show up until a spirit's task is done. You know, uh, th- when we're done on this plane, supposedly the light comes and, and, and we can pass on. If the light doesn't come, then you have to do something. You have to express something. You have to find something. You have to, you know, uh, uh, come to some uh, some sort of place. So, um, so there, uh, the idea of the task-oriented ghost, the ghost that needs to accomplish something. Um, so you might need to engage in a little more conversation of what does the spirit need, because just going in and saying get out might not work because mm-hmm. the spirit's like, I want to, right. I really want to, but I don't know how, or I, I can't. So, um, so in, in a weird sort of way, what you might need to, uh, think about is a little more tolerance in order to discover what the spirit might be trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. I I completely agree because um, yeah, like we can tell you all the ways to like cleanse your house or mm-hmm. ward your house, and because there's a million ways you can do yeah, it. Yeah. But mirrors it, in the corner and coins on the windowsills and salt on the door frames. Exactly. And, yeah, all kinds of things you can do. And um, but it sounds like to me because most spirits. <laughs> are not defiant. Like usually if you're like that intense about it, they're not going to be like actively like, nope, still gonna turn the fan off, you know, just cause out of spite or whatever it is. I think it's interesting that you say that there could be another entity that's trying to protect you from or, um, because that that makes a little bit more sense of it because it's it, like Chris was saying, it's very, unheard of um usually you don't hear it often i should say um that spirits turn things off or that's not usually their way of going about uh trying to get attention like if it's just looking to be acknowledged that's usually not the way it goes about it right it's awfully Um, subtle on top of everything else it is um like in the middle of the night if it turns all your lights on that's pretty bold. <laughs> it also could be it's um, in a non like uh, spirit way of um, it pr- trying to protect you from a spirit. It might be trying to protect you from like maybe you have bad wires in that room and it knows that and it's turning your electronics off to prevent a fire. Maybe like I think maybe like look into things like that. That might give some reasoning um, of like why specifically these things it's turning off because it's all electronics. Right. Um, that might be a good question. Are you? Do you have two prong or three prong uh, um, yeah. outlets? You know, it's just I don't know. Just something that can't kind of popped into my head of being like, it, there might have been fires or something in that building, and it's just trying to be like uber cautious. Like you have a lot of electronics plugged in, lady. You know, it could just be like, a grumpy dad who's like, turn off the lights. Right. <laughs> have you seen the electric bill? Exactly. So I, I am it's on. It's killing me. 
I'm on the mode of, you know, like I agree of um, maybe just try to show. I know it's annoying, um, but try to show a little bit more tolerance because it doesn't seem like it's a spirit that's really wanting to engage with you in it for an attention grabbing thing. So I don't think it's really going to show up as a full bodied apparition or. And again, it could be a non-intelligent entity. It could be, you know, uh, a, a poltergeist with a very specific bent, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, just an on off energy right. that is that is permeating and 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 unfortunately there that style of of haunting doesn't respond to anything because it's it's yeah. not conscious it's not it's not doing things consciously it is just a repeatable pattern of of energy that cycles through you know um like you can't really get rid of a residual haunting easily because the residual haunting uh you know is an event that goes over and over and over again a moment that happens again and again and again because that is not being caused by a want or desire. Mm -hmm. It is literally the environment has recorded an event uh, in energy. And then that energy is revealed over and over and over again. Um, it's very hard to, to undo a residual haunting simply because it, uh, it's about the energy stored in an environment and not necessarily you know, a, um, an intelligent haunt, something thinking Right. Or, or trying to to connect or communicate. Yeah, so I guess the point being is try to give it a little bit of patience and just maybe... Or, or just, you know, meditate on it. Think, yeah. you know, uh, and use your heebie-jeebie meter. That is true. Because you know, um, the question is, is it a threat? Or is it just invasive? Is it just, you don't... Because it's in your space. Um, because if it's if it's a threat, then then you you want to go the route of of finding a way to protect yourself. Um, and of course, there's nothing wrong with with protecting yourself. There's nothing wrong with going right. out and 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 you know by all means rub the sage, do these things. But again, if the imperative is uh, protection to begin with, maybe uh, there are other answers to the question. It's all true. right. Cool, cool. So we got uh, room for one more. All right. Oh. So this next one is from Adrian. Um, and this one is titled House on Darlington Avenue. Ooh. Okay. The House on Darlington Avenue. That's no. not, that's not. No, that's okay. Darling. That's Darling, Darling Street. Street. Yeah. Oh, Darling Street. Yeah. I was like, hmm. Yes, not Savannah. Um, Ghost Mail, uh, House on Darlington Avenue. Hello, my name is Adrian. I'm new to the pair of junkies and I'm loving all the content. Just like almost everyone else, I have gone back and forth with the idea of writing in and sharing this story and finally decided to do, to do it. So thank you, Adrian, for sending in your story. Um, a little backstory first. I grew up in the low country of South Carolina. And when I was 13, my family moved to a super small town within the low country. And this is when the story starts. As I mentioned, I was 13 and my family lived in a really small town in the backwoods, South Carolina, where my father was a pastor at the time. The house we lived in was strange to say the least. Between walk-in attic doors that had double locks, um, but still managed to open by themselves. Double locks freak me out when they're on like attics or basements. It's double lock again? It's just two locks. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> well, yeah, but, but it means something. Someone oh, really wants like, to keep it's it locked. Very secure. Or we triple lock. 
Yeah, on, on your interior on, doors? On your attic, though? Or yeah. your... Oh, oh. Like, like a bedroom, like a bedroom door? door? No, no. An Although, attic door? I don't know. Maybe we should, but yeah. <laughs> I love a lock, y'all. All right. Well, uh. I just feel heebie-jeebies when I see, like, basement doors or attic mm-hmm. doors double locked just because I'm like... I, I've what seen... are you keeping out? What are you keeping in? Right. Exactly. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but anyways, that's just me, maybe. Um but they still managed to open by themselves um, to being pushed down the stairs with no one behind you. Um, something was really off about the house on Darlington Avenue. Don't get me wrong. The house was a beautiful two-story, four-bedroom home, but the day we moved in, we had to open up a nailed shut door that led to the mm-hmm. second floor. Oh, my God. And the fact that you're in the middle of nowhere is like, ugh, that's like the fuel for every horror movie yeah um i know you were wondering why me and uh why am me being the inquisitive kid i was and asked the story they gave me um asked they gave me was that the pastor before was an older man and his wife and they only needed the two bedrooms downstairs so they closed off the top floor that seems drastic very Hmm. nailing it shut they're like, oh, we only need the two bedrooms, so nobody's going upstairs. <laughs> it's like, Ever. Oh, oh, God. And nails are actually used a lot uh, in, in practices to protect places, so keep that in mind. <laughs> so even then, I thought that was pretty excessive. We agree. And now I see that it was definitely a warranted action. Oh. Mm. Behind the nailed shut door was a stairwell leading to my bedroom at the very top. A walk-in attic about halfway down the hallway. Um, A bathroom just a few feet further down the hall on the opposite side as the attic door. And finally, my parents' room on the other end of the long hallway. From the first night we slept there, I knew something was off about the house and especially the upstairs portion. But what, what, what can you do as a 13-year-old kid besides cross your fingers you're just being dramatic and see what happens? One night, I was in bed and woke up to the sound of paper flipping in a notebook. Almost like when you take a textbook and flip the pages with one hand as fast as you can to get to the section or chapter you were looking for. I thought that was extremely odd because my ceiling fan in my room was nowhere near the speed level that I assumed would have been needed to reach the notebook, let alone open the cover and turn the pages at that speed. I was about to flip the covers off myself and go to see what was going on. And within a matter of a few seconds, the pages stopped turning and I sensed a presence come from my walk-in closet to the end of my bed's footboard. I felt what I can only explain as something crawling over me. And as I crept closer, um, crawling from my feet to my head, it held me in place. I couldn't move and it felt as if I could hardly breathe. Sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. I remember my heart felt like it was pounding out of my chest. I tried to scream for help, but even with all my strength I could find within me, I still wasn't able to make a single sound. I'm sure that only lasted anywhere from 15 to 20 seconds, but I remember feeling as if this thing was never going to release me. I fell back to what my father had told me before um, when having issues of terrifying situations, and I began to pray in my head. Finally, the presence began to lift, and as soon as I was able to speak, I screamed for my parents. More things happened in that house, not only to me, but my dad as well. We only lived there for just over a year, and it was one of the longest years of my life. I don't, I don't think I will ever be able to forget those experiences. 
the details on some of the smaller events are, uh, are fuzzy because that's what time does. But what I do remember is the amount of fear I felt during that time. That house in the backwoods, South Carolina, holds many strange things and terrifying experiences that still cause me chills even 20 years later. Thanks, uh, thank Jeez. you guys for creating such great content, and I hope you found this ghost mail interesting, Adrian. Deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure. Adrian, if you have photos of that house, we'd love to see it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why y'all uh, like question yourselves, because I swear we've read so many ghost <laughs> mails that are so freaky that are like, I don't know if I'm going to send this in. It's probably not that interesting. That's so interesting. Yes. Yeah. Like, I completely deeply, deeply interesting. That. Yes. And right off the bat, members of clergy, members, uh, leaders of congregations are beset by malevolent spirits. That is a common thing across the board. It doesn't matter what faith. It doesn't matter, you know, what you know, uh, religious um, belief you have. Um, the targets of malevolent spirits are oftentimes the leaders of faith, because to bring down the leader of a of a congregation is a a paramount victory to spirits that are evil, malevolent, and dark. Um, and that was my first impression of the door with nails in it was that the pastor before, because I'm guessing this was like a rectory, a house given to pastors right. to live in by, by the, um, uh, the church, uh, encountered something that, that he was able to seal into the upper floors and, and he, he nailed the door shut. Um, nailing a door shut uh, in a lot of practices is, is, is kind of the belief that you are sealing something in and the spirit understands and recognizes the action of nailing something shut. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people think of it as like coffin nails. Right. By using nails to, to seal something closed, you're basically saying this is a barrier that the spirits cannot cross. I have buried you. I have entombed you. I've put you in this place. And I'm sure there are blessings that go along with it. Um, however, uh, yeah, that that sounds like you're dealing with that, that, that classic mode of an entity that wishes to corrupt the supposed incorruptible in order to damage the faith, the greater faith of a community. Um, that's how, that's why, you know, leaders of congregations are targeted is so that the faith of the entire community can be diminished because when the faith in the person is diminished, the faith in the entire religion becomes um, questioned and, 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 and causes chinks in the armor of people's faith. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, you, you described a, a pretty classic uh, sleep paralysis scenario. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, you the know, hag. Yeah, the hag being ridden by the hag, uh, you know, seeing, seeing, seeing or feeling or sensing a presence in the, in the room, not being able to move, not being able to shout. And even, too, calling out to God, mm -hmm. praying oftentimes uh, alleviates and, and dislodges the, uh, the entity or the experience. So, yeah, no, it's a good story, but I am now very curious about the house. Yeah, yeah. please send us more stories about the house because, like, you can't just casually say you were pushed down the stairs by yeah, something exactly. and not tell us more. We, 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 we want to hear it all. Yes. Um, so send, send all the details. Um, yeah, it sounds like it, it, I don't know why, and I think that's why it's become such a 
horror trope is like these old country houses mm. with the demon in it. Sure. And I think it's because the people who live in these houses are so isolated and it almost makes them easier targets. And sometimes the only targets. Well, exactly. We, we went to that uh we went to that fishing store. And uh, it, they, it was out in, like, not middle of Georgia, but Stillwell. Mm-hmm. And um, great fish store, great guy, but he was Pentecostal, remember? We talked mm-hmm. about this on the podcast mm-hmm. a little bit. And he said, he said, oh, your podcast about talking to demons or talk about demons? And I thought he was going to, like, lambaste me, you know, for having, like, a paranormal mm-hmm. podcast or whatever. So I was getting ready for that. I was like, whatever. And, uh, and he goes, I know demons. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? And he goes, I'm Pentecostal. Yeah. We have demons all over the oh, place. Yeah. And and yeah. I was like, really? And and he's like, Yeah, we're religious folk. We 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 encounter, you know, it goes with what you just said. They encounter uh like demonic forces and entities and whatnot, uh, you know, way more often than, you know, the average Joe believes in God. I think well, and I think that's partially because Pentecostal um that sector of the church is very ritualistic, which makes it a little bit more susceptible than some of the other ones um, because they are the sector that believes that they can speak in tongues at times, that they can be, you know, like... And they actively pursue to destroy. You know, there is an active element, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because... Demons do not like to fight straight on. That right. is not that is not their way. They are they're insipid. They're they they are insidious. They uh they sneak in. They creep in. They drip in. Um. So when you when you are forceful with them, uh, yeah. and back them into corners, they do show themselves a lot more. Right. But but it's more you know knock it off. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm right. trying to achieve something here. Um. So you know uh if you if you go you know hunting them, uh in response you will find them. Yeah. You know, that is kind of the agreement you're you're going into when you think in those terms when you're very and uh, when you're using rituals that are so specifically geared towards, you know, uh pushing on the door. Yeah. You know, uh the, the door pushes back. Yeah. I have a um I have a theory that serial killers and just really really horrible people like Ted Bundy and Gacy and all that that they could be possessed, like like that might be a so demon. So it's it's interesting that 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 would come up is the the concept of really evil people. Uh, uh, never underestimate how evil humans are. No, for sure, <laughs> um, for but, sure. But uh, I think it's it's kind of the other way around. I don't think that it's them them being possessed as much as them exploring the 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 depravity or the depth that a human can go to, which. I do believe dark entities gather. You know, uh, they're like lightning rods. These people are the evil, but they are the... the <sighs> what you have to imagine is uh, uh, you look at a map and everywhere there's, you know, people of good faith and good, good you know, uh, um, uh, will, uh, they light up the map, yeah. right? And uh, and you're a demon, and you're like, oh, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this one guy over here that's just like shining a black, you know, yeah, you know, thing, and you're like, oh, that one. 
that one. That's the one we're going to pay attention to. That's the one that we're going to, you know, embolden and 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 help. But the the trick of possession is ideally you wouldn't want to possess an evil person. You'd want to possess a very very good person and corrupt them. But you want to encourage the evil person. <laughs> yeah, so, so you're that, saying you know, that maybe maybe they were aiding for instance Ted Bundy Mm-hmm. When he was doing, you know, when he was going through Kyo at Florida State mm-hmm. and doing what he did, that that potentially the demons could be aiding him and, you know, yeah. going with he him. He got away with so many things. He yeah. did so many horrible things have. that it seems like there might have been, you know, a, a, a haze around him. Sure. Right. But the truth of the matter is Ted, Ted Bundy's work, if you think of it in a spiritual sense, did the act of diminishing faith mm-hmm. because people lost faith, not just in humanity, but in God, mm-hmm. because there was this person doing this terrible thing. Sure. But if it was a demon doing it, then it w- it, there would be no tipping of the scales. The demons wouldn't win sure. you know, anything. They, you know, it's like, we possessed a person, we made them do terrible things. It's like, no, it has to be a human to do it. It has to be a human by yeah. choice because then... You are. Then you're polluting. Polluting. Yeah, and yeah. then and corrupting. Then, it's yeah, all corrupting. The it's the corruption. Yeah. Uh, it, but also, look at what Ted Bundy, and this goes along with what you just said. Look at what Ted Bundy did at the end of his life when he was about to be executed and starved. Think about what he. Think about what he did. He. Uh, he chose God. He became. He became a you know a Christian, a born again Christian or whatever. And wouldn't that be the most wouldn't that be like the most corruption I, I to think, lie about it? I don't know if that's really the case with him particularly because I find that when you look at these really horrible people, they loved what they did. But they were then, horrible people. <laughs> they were horrible people, but when they are faced with their end, because that was right before his yeah. execution, when you're faced with your own death and you know exactly where... Um, like when you're going to die, you start to race with your thoughts. I can only sure. assume of being like, "Well, I'm going to hell for sure if that is the <laughs> yeah. if that's the case." So let me do this thing because they are narcissists and they this don't believe. Sure, they don't believe that they should be punished for what they that's did. So they're like, "Okay." They say that if I do this, then I'm going to go to where I believe I should be. Yeah. And yeah. so I really. And th- there's also the whole idea that uh, in a last ditch effort of garnering some kind of empathy, sympathy, you know, uh, ability to to extend one's life, you know, uh, to to sway the decision of decision makers and say, look, look, I am I'm a new yeah. I'm washed clean. I'm born again. I'm, you know, uh, <laughs> that is, you know, uh, that is the bartering stage. <laughs> <laughs> of the five stages of grief. You know, that is definitely something that you could see a person, especially a sick person, especially a person who doesn't, who is not connecting everything correctly, is like, you know, if I convince them that I'm a good person, then they'll, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll meet me halfway. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll come and, and this might save me. Um, not necessarily. And yeah, you know, uh, it's funny because you said, you know, wouldn't that be just the worst thing is to, to lie about that? Um, people do anything, yeah, to get out of you know anything, and so, yeah, um, 
I, turning to Christianity on death row is 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 not sure. You know. I don't uncommon. I don't believe him. I don't believe him. And mm-hmm. there's there that he did turn to Christianity. No. And the, for one big thing, he never admitted that he was wrong. Right. He never admitted that he did anything because he was he a narcissist. Died not a admitting narcissist. with his own mouth. Yeah what he did and so that's why i think that uh i don't think that he yeah no 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 he was yeah yeah, he was absolutely narcissist that boy rotten in hell but we gotta uh (laughs) we gotta we gotta uh keep going because we gotta jump into the next episode yes all right all right well thank you guys so much for sending in your ghost keep sending them in yes please send them in if you have a ghost story you want to tell us you can send it to ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com um since tiktok took away my q a button uh which i'm really sad about um you can also if you have questions that you would like us to answer you can send it to ghost mail as well but just put in the subject q a so that i can differentiate the two um but with that though my name is madison timmons i'm chris susie and stay spooky y'all and then i have to say at the end um um what is it it's cosmiccornersavannah.com it's not cosmiccorner.com no, so I need shop, I need to Bria to shop Cosmic Corner. No, no, it said CosmicCornerSavannah.com. I looked it up. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, make sure though before I stop. I'm gonna stop recording video real fast. I'm gonna go ahead and kill that.